Good evening, listeners. It is the 28th of October 2018, and you are tuned into 88.7 KBVR Corvallis. I'm Lori Lutz. And I'm Lily Paget Cobb. This evening, we have a special feature episode of Inspiration Dissemination. We are joined by Chris Branham of Oregon State University's Extension and Experiment Communications and Sean Nealon of OSU News and Research Communication. So welcome to both of you, and we are delighted to have you here this evening to share with our listeners how the OSU Press offices work um, and how they work with researchers to publicize what they're doing. So um, if you could just get us uh, started off by telling us a little bit about what each of your respective um, offices do and what you do in your positions. So this is Sean. Um, So we're the Office of News and Research Communication. So you can think of us as sort of the central um, marketing communication office for the entire university. Um, There's different communication people within a lot of different colleges and departments, but we're sort of the main hub and our central focus is to publicize um, research at Oregon State. This is Chris. Uh, um, Extension and Experiment Station Communications is a sister office with the news and research communications. Uh, We're not the same office. Uh, This basically goes back to OSU being a land-grant university and the fact that we have extension and experiment station um, uh, elements of the university. And so uh, we uh, publicize um, research uh, that's both extension and experiment station. Uh, My area is the College of Ag Sciences, uh, and I write about ag and natural resources research. So you're doing similar things, just um, with different groups of folks on campus. Yeah, we have very similar uh, similar uh, missions, uh, except for just what we cover. Great. So um, why should scientists get um, in contact with you in order to publicize their work? Well, sure, I'll take that first. Um, basically, the idea is, is that we're here to promote Oregon State University research, and by doing that, we want to know uh, about the best research that's going on on campus. And um, for those researchers out there, whether they are uh, faculty or postdocs or graduate students or even undergraduates, if they're conducting research and they um, are coming close to um, having it being published uh, published in a journal, uh, that's when we really want to hear from you. Um, we, uh, uh, and when I say coming close, we don't want to hear on the, (laughs) we don't really, uh, uh, we would rather not hear on the eve of it publishing in a journal. Uh, but when I say coming close, uh, we're thinking more along the lines of weeks or even months, uh, if, if, if if it's going to be published. So where we step in is, okay, you've got something really cool or you have something that really is, uh, has a lot of impact in your field or it has practical applications. And if, you know, during the course of uh, your lab group and you're talking about this and you're, you know, you're, you know, you've submitted it to the publication and then even if it hasn't been accepted, but you're pretty sure it's going to be accepted, that's when we hope you can call us um, or contact us, I should say. And again, it falls to, you know, if it's in the College of Ag Sciences, that would be me. Uh, for all the other colleges, uh, it would be Sean or the person who covers that college. Um, 
And so what we're really hoping is, is that people are aware that we are here to help uh, publicize this research and get it out to the public through the media. Yeah. So like Chris said, um, I'm sort of the news editor in the news and research communication office, but we've got an, a group of writers, um, four writers who are sort of divided among the different colleges. So everything from the College of Science, the College of Forestry, Pharmacy, Vet Med, et cetera. Um, so I'm sort of the gatekeeper in a way. Um, and then there's all those writers underneath who are writing about the research in those areas. Um, one other thing I would add, though, is that there's other benefits, too. Um, in addition to benefiting OSU, um, we'll often work in tandem with funding agencies like National Science Foundation who love to hear that their money is being translated into um, research that's getting media attention. So it's a win-win for us and, and those funding agencies. And also for you can, we've had instances where um, private individuals have just seen something that interests them and they've ponied up thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to support research. So um, there's always those sort of spinoff effects that um, are other benefits. Okay. So what sort of outlets in the larger community are you in contact with? Is this range from um, formal uh, like news stations and uh, maybe publications? Like what's sort of the range that you interact with? Yeah, so it's it's wide and, and varying. Um, so on a more local level, everything from TV stations in Eugene and Portland to um, you know newspapers throughout Oregon. Um, but on a broader level, um, you know every every media outlet you can think of in the country. You know from the New York Times, to NPR to um, CBS News was here last year for the eclipse when the eclipse occurred, uh, as well as the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, um, the Washington Post. Um, so it's a huge range. And that's sort of where we can come in and be helpful is that a lot, most of us in our office have been, have been journalists. So we sort of know, you know, who's probably going to be interested in whatever it is you're, you're researching, or you're studying. So we can sort of help tailor those um, pitches to those different audiences. Yeah, and if I can add to that, um, the area that I cover, um, ag and natural resource uh, research, uh, especially ag research, um, there uh, we're familiar uh, with the basically the segments of the media that are interested in those types of research, and so, like Sean mentioned, you know, if we have something we think is um, of value to the public that could be shared to the uh, media. Um, I kind of start out with, you know, state or I'm sorry, local, which we consider state mostly to be local, then regional, then on a larger region, maybe the West, then national, then international. But then there's segments that might be interested in that topic, their industry publications. And really, that's the readership that we're really hoping to go for, especially because those readers uh, might be more influential in their field uh, than just general readership. Um, I've, I often uh, have heard from people saying, I'd rather have my, you know, uh, my piece of research in this and what College of Ag deans are reading than, you know, than a major uh, newspaper. 
Uh, of course, we'd like to have all. We'd like to have both. Um, but we, what we do, uh, what our teams do bring to that table is we can basically fill that void. So if, you know, your, your role as the researcher is not to think, oh, you know, what, what publication should this be in? That's kind of where we can step in and we can basically, we can ask those questions and there might be things that you all are reading that we would, that we would know about. But uh, we kind of are, you know, a big part of our job is being aware of what outlets there are out there and what reporters are at those outlets there are. And, um, and one of the benefits from getting that media coverage initially is they'll come back. They'll come back to us if it was a beneficial um, relationship. If they, you know, got a good story out of it, they'll come back to us. Occasionally I hear from people saying, to, you know, just emailing me out of the blue, what do you got going on? So say I'm a eager graduate student or a scientist and I think I have something really great. How do I know when it's appropriate <laughs> to contact you and how would I do that? I would say that the, well, it's, it's definitely the most appropriate when you get the acceptance from a journal. Um, and in those cases, and if something that you think will be like those things I mentioned before, sometimes they just have to be really like a wow factor, you know, and it doesn't have to be, this is one thing that I wanted to come into this to dispel myths. We're not interested, we are interested, but we are not limiting ourselves to just the top tier, top journals. We don't basically say if your paper is published in Nature or Science or PNAS, if it's below those, we're, we're not interested. We're interested if it is interesting and has practical applications and is of interest and it has a sort of a wow thing, has a, it, it's interesting. So I don't want people to think, oh, you know what, we're not publishing and it, this isn't in that top, top journal, so I'm not going to contact. Please contact us. Um, and so that's one of the things I wanted to, to mention. But definitely when it's accepted and um, there's that time in between acceptance and editing that often people sort of wait they basically want to wait till they hear from the journal um, to get that email saying, you know, okay, we're now going to publish your paper. That usually for us, that's the 11th hour. If you get that email saying we're going to publish, that usually means they're going to publish within probably the next week or two. And if that's the first contact with us, it's tough for us to sort of, we can, we can work on a news release, but there are things that we would like to work on. In addition to that release, for instance, Sean's office and my office to some extent we've really incorporated video and animation into some news releases that we've put out and top media sites have just put those right on their, right on their uh, websites. Um, whale videos are always popular. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing is just, you know, getting it to us as far in advance as possible. That's the biggest struggle we have is we find out about things after they've been published or the day before they're going to be published. And for a journalist, the day after is in a lot of ways old news. And I know we don't think of it that way, but um, that's how that's the competitive environment they're in. So that's what we're up against. So if we can have weeks or months and then, like Chris said, incorporate if it's something that's really visual or something that could benefit from animation or graphic design work, you know, we have those resources we can pull in. So, um, but I'd also just tell people, you know, just reach out to us. I mean, uh, the, the last thing is we, we want is to hear about something after it's too late. So, I mean, 
we can always, you know, figure out some kind of plan to, to publicize the work. Um, but, um, just, um, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Can I add uh, real quickly to that? Um, but also on the, on the flip side of that, if for some reason something slipped through the cracks and, you know, it may be, let's say it was a month or even six weeks after and somebody says, oh, did we contact, uh, did we contact uh, newsroom, you know, news uh, and research communications about that? Did we, and the answer is no, still contact us, still do it. Because if it, there are other ways that we can publicize research outside of putting out news releases. If it's something that is part of a whole pro, uh, research program, there are, you know, we have two uh, research magazines at the university, Terra, which is covers the entire university, and Oregon's Agricultural Progress, which does ag and natural resource research. So I guess the, the, the one thing I wouldn't want people to do is to basically go, oh, well, you know what, that's old. I'm just not going to contact them. But manage your expectations to, to, to realize that we may not inter be interested in a news release for that particular thing, but we could pitch it to the media. That, and especially media that may, may not be as interested in it being so new. Uh, again, I mentioned those industry uh, publications or even those very specific publications. I've pitched things that are months old and they've still covered it. So in addition to kind of being the uh, moderator in terms of how the research is um, communicated to the community. You're also involved in preparing scientists for um, interviews of their own with media outlets. And can you tell us a little bit about what that consists of and what people can expect from that? Well, I'll, I'll take this first. Uh, for me, usually the preparation begins with the initial contact or the initial face-to-face -face meeting with the, uh, with the researcher. And so probably in the first couple minutes or maybe even a little bit beyond that, maybe sometimes first 30 seconds, I can basically go, oh, this person is going to be really, this person can be good with the media or this person has potential to, to work with the media. Because one of the things that we're, the business that we're in is promoting research, promoting research to the media. And that really does boil down to having researchers who are interested in being interviewed by the media. So if a researcher wants us to promote their research and they don't want to talk to the media or they don't want to contact the media, then that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, basically, the, you know, we're here to, to uh, get your stuff out there and also help you navigate interviews and requests. Um, and so what we do is for me in the, that initial interview is by asking them some questions and seeing how they answer them, I can go, okay, I think this person will be good or, okay, this is where we can work on it. That's kind of like the very basic, you know, right at the beginning. Uh, and then we do, there are some things that we can do, um, like as it's getting closer, like let's say we've gotten to the point where we're going to put it out. Then we could, if the, the best thing I think a researcher would do is basically say, okay, help me craft my message. What do I want to say? And usually that is either through, you can do that through email or you can do that through one-on-one. -on -one. And basically the idea is, is that will always help them when they get that, if they do get that interview request. Um, what we tell people is if you get an interview request, almost always it's through email, is Initially, if it's a legitimate interview request, 
start jotting down your messages that what you want to do and um and then we can help with that but that's something that's a resource that we can work that we can assist with to add to that you know there's sort of that more informal training that chris talked about but we also do something more formal media training program where we're all once a quarter um up to eight um it's usually faculty and researchers but we've had grad students and postdocs as well um where we'll do a half day um we call just call it media training and it's um it's basically an, an overview of of a lot of what we've been talking about now about interview tips, um, what our office does, um, what service we provide. But the bulk of it is um, mock interview scenarios where we'll um, work with you ahead of time to create um, some interview scenarios based on your actual research. And then um, in a group of four with four other people, um, each of you would would then um, basically we would play the role of the journalist and then you would be the uh, being interviewed and then the other others in the group would critique the um how it went and provide tips and pointers and um it's just a um great way to sort of get used to that um environment so um we do those like i said once a quarter and then also um sort of um on an as needed basis as um opportunities come up so if we have folks that are interested in that, they can get in touch with you and see if that might be available to them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely um, shoot me an email. It's um, just Sean Nealon, so S-E-A-N dot Nealon, N-E-A-L-O-N at OregonState.edu. And we'll put um, your contact, contact information up with the episode so people can easily access that. So we've been talking a lot about um, more traditional press uh, releases, and I'm interested to know if you have um, done much work with, um, you know, like doing Reddit, Ask Me Another, or other more uh, alternative social media sorts of um, outlets. Um, a bit. I mean, um, our office does oversee the central campus social media accounts, um, so that's another whole avenue that we can tap into when. Um, when the um, research, you know, gets to that level and, and um, you know, we'll cut social media videos um, for, for certain things. Um, not so much with Reddit. Um, I'd love to do more with it. Um, I know it actually came up at one of our media training sessions where a researcher had was somehow involved with Reddit and had gotten some great feedback. I and mean, we will see the... Um, some of the analytics sometimes when, when something does go on Reddit and see the, the huge spikes. Um, but, um, but it's definitely something we could do more with. Yeah. I, uh, I have to admit, I haven't really done anything in the, uh, sort of, sort of what you mentioned. Uh, I've never really thought about doing and ask me another Reddit. Uh, I've thought about doing and ask me another internally with our folks, uh, especially because we have extension offices all around the state and, uh, and uh, I've often thought it'd be great if I could just, you know, have a sort of a video conference with them. And basically they can ask me anything during that uh, during that session. Um, but uh, but just along those lines of social media, because you, you did bring it up, uh, <coughs> you, you mentioned it. Um, that's another area that's very fruitful for us in terms of promoting. Um, I kind of call it an ecosphere uh, of, of social media because uh uh, one of the things I, I manage the OSU Extension Twitter account, 
um, OSU Extension also has a Facebook account. Um, but one of the things I do is I sort of have a two-pronged approach. One is the OSU Extension account, but then I also use my personal Twitter account, and Sean does as well, uh, to promote OSU research. Uh, but then also to promote researchers in the news, um, things that researchers would be interested in, and they, you know, to you start getting this sort of ecosphere of what I call you know, the, the sort of thing of retweeting and liking and, and things. And that really does help, especially if you were in a publication, I'm sorry, you were in a story and I see it and I can tweet it out. And then maybe you have a Twitter account and you retweet that tweet and then people start liking it. And then all of a sudden, you know, there, it generates interest in that initial news story. And so that's where social media can very be very powerful. I haven't used Reddit, but I definitely think... When it comes to media, Twitter is the best platform for us in terms of promoting things that are either in the news or in OSU or things that we think are interesting. So with that, do you have any final thoughts on um, just like anything else you would like to make sure you get across? There's one thing I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. I wanted to dispel a confusion uh, about embargoes. Um, we often, uh, one of the reasons why we do hear things about the 11th hour is because the journal has put the fear of God into the researcher to tell them, do not share this with anybody. Uh, and then they put that in big, bold letters in their email. And then like two paragraphs later, it says, please contact your university press office. Uh, what we'd like to do is to say, focus on the contacting university press office. Uh, embargoes, we don't break embargoes, um, but we want to know about things. Uh, and even if uh, I had a researcher just very recently and um, a, a tenured faculty member say, oh, I didn't want to send this to you because it's embargoed. Um, that we're on the same team. <laughs> Think of us as uh, as uh, uh, defensive attorney, defense attorneys. It's 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 good. You can send it to us. Uh, we're not going to send it out. Uh, and so that's one thing I really wanted to emphasize. Even if you're even if you're on a paper that you know somebody mentions the point. Well, we can't send them that because it's embargoed. No, please send it to us. We we're, we're not going to share it. Um, we can share embargoed news releases with with media. Um, and they are under strict guidelines uh, to not break those embargoes. So that's another myth that we do have news releases that we prepare, and we send them to we send it to we send it on we put it on Eureka Alert as an embargo news release. Um, and so that's one thing that's a myth I wanted to dispel. One other thing I wanted to dispel is we don't do uh, joint news releases, and this is where it gets tricky when you're on a let's say it's a paper where you've got multiple institutions. Um, Often we hear, hey, this is great. Let's put out a joint news release. Can I just um, interrupt you? Can you clarify what joint news release is? A joint news release would mean that there are multiple institutions on the paper. And let's say that the lead authors consider themselves co-lead authors. Or even in the case that they're not co-lead authors, but more than one institution is interested in or I'm sorry, more than one researcher at an institution is interested in having as a news release. A a joint release, which we don't do, um, but if we did, it would be something that literally would have both institutions as on the release. It would would be, but they're so rare, that's why we don't do them. Because it just, it'd have to be on the level of like 
a Nobel Prize or, you know, gravitational waves. Gravitational waves is probably a joint news release because it was like a million contributors and it was like a bit the biggest news that year. Um, what we don't want to do, what the re, you're probably thinking, well, why, why don't you do joint news releases? Because they get too confusing. They're, they're just, they're too many, too many people in them. They have to get approved by too many people. It's approval by committee and it just, it becomes a total, um, uh, uh, it, it, it's not fun. Okay. And so we don't <laughs> do joint. So if you, if, so if you're thinking, yeah, let's do a joint news release, just put that thought out of your mind. Cause we're not going to do it. Um, one, one last thing, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, writing about a lot of the work we do is based on press releases about journal papers, but, um, there's also a lot of opportunities to get out into the field with people that are doing agricultural research, forestry research, marine science research. Um, so reporters love to get out, um, with you. So you don't think of it as only about, you know, papers being published, um, if you can get someone out, you know, out into the forest or out on the ocean and there's some cool science going on, you know, that's another thing where we can do more personalized pitching to, to reporters we know are interested in that type of stuff and um, get some great results. So um, just one one thing like that, you know, that's a little different, but um, worth keeping in mind. Can I add one more thing? Sorry. Yes, please. Uh, I, I like how you mentioned getting them out in the field and talking. I, I do want to say this as a reporter myself and knowing um, a lot of reporters, uh, most reporters like talking to graduate students. They like talking to graduate students because they are able, in, in, I feel, uh, in, in, in most of the time to be able to um, share the research in a very accessible way. Um, interestingly enough, I think they're very they're good at it when it's very laid back when like you're saying you're out in the field and you're describing something or you're in the lab, you want to be describing something and all of a sudden the tape recorder goes on and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, jargon time, but no. Um, so don't feel like, Oh, I'm a, you know, a graduate student or a postdoc. It's my faculty. It's the lab leader whose job it is to speak to the media. Now on the one hand, we do like to have the faculty speak to the media, but, um, don't count yourself out. Definitely you know, think of yourself as as good as anybody to describe the research. That's great to hear. And thank you so much, uh, Chris and Sean, for coming to speak with us tonight um, on this special episode of Inspiration Dissemination. And we're going to have links to your webpage on our blog. And is there any uh, link that you would like to promote here right now um, to a webpage or Twitter? Well, I would definitely say for the, I think you were, we, we, we talked about, there's a, there was a really good, uh, um, uh, article in nature earlier this year that I think you're going to link to, but I just yes. want to mention that to people who might be listening to this, who they can go to it right now. If they just type in Google, how to work with your institution's press office to maximize the reach of your work. And the writer was Roberta Kwok and it was from earlier this year. And that's a really good, um, um, starter, I think, for anybody who's interested in work and a researcher who's interested in what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely make a link to that. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we hope that uh, some of our listeners will be inspired to reach out to you and share what they're doing. Sure. Thank you for thank having you. us on. Thanks.